Welcome everybody to 914 Wired. Charlie Stern and I are sitting here in, in our Pelham studio and Ardina Seward is holding down Ford as she does each and every show, or for the most part, each and every show from our Southwest Yonkers location. Ardina, you look uh, really great today. Hi, I took my do-rag off. Yeah, you took your do-rag off. It's, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. So, Peter, we have a, uh, a different kind of show today. So these are different times, right? And uh, I asked um, Rabbi Levi Groner of Chabad Pelham to come on 914 Wired and, and talk a little bit about this tragic, tragic situation uh, in, in Israel and uh, the West Bank and Gaza and Lebanon. Um, but before we get into all of the geopolitics, um, Rabbi, if you could just give us a little background. I, I, you are the leader, the spiritual leader, the rabbi of Chabad Pelham. Um, I gather that there's a number of Chabad organizations around Westchester. Chabad Dubavitch is an international social and educational organization known throughout the globe um, and historically was under the leadership of the Rabbi, Rabbi Menachem Schneerson and, and is known all over the world. So how did Chabad make its way to Pelham? Let's start there. Okay, that's a thank great you, question. And thank you for coming on our show. My pleasure. Um, hopefully on the better circumstances, but um, yeah, thank you. Um, so Peter mentioned actually, um, just a step back actually. So um, Peter mentioned my great uncle was the, uh, the Rebbe secretary, the Lubavitch Rebbe secretary, um, passed away uh, a couple of years ago. But my, uh, I actually grew up in Australia, Melbourne, Australia. You may hear the accent uh, from time to time, but um, and how did we end up there? My grandparents were actually sent as uh, Chabad emissaries back in the uh, 50s, back in the 50s. Mm -hmm. um, so they were one of the first emissaries, and now Chabad is very well known, like you mentioned, 5,000 sentences all over the world, and with, I think, uh, 10 or so in Westchester. Um, and the, the technical way of how I ended up in Pelham was, uh, again, something Peter mentioned, you know, usually you have a regional, uh, someone that was here uh, for some time, and then slowly, um, you know, when this, when there's a Jewish community, where there's a need, um, uh, they suggest maybe another uh, Chabad uh, couple move out, and um, we try to serve the community in the uh, in any way we can, in every way we can. In some parts of Westchester, Chabad is the only synagogue or shul in the area, um, and it it, fill, it fills a need, um, and and even though. The Lubavitch are Haredi Jews, they're Orthodox Jews. When you go to Chabad, they don't care what branch of Judaism you come from. They just want you to show up and they want you to express your Yiddishkeit, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, like, you know, when, when we witness an event like, 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 like that happened last week, um, you kind of see that all the... Um, this, you know, the distinctions and the labels are not really that important, right? They, uh, they were targeting Jews. It didn't matter which political affiliation they had, how observant they were. They were Jewish. And, and the Rebbe's goal really was, uh, Rabbi Sachs once put it this way, he said, to hunt down every Jew in love the way, unfortunately, they were hunted down um, in history out of hate. So we, uh, exactly, uh, like you said, we, um, 
there's no labels. Every Jew is welcome, and we encourage everyone to uh, explore their heritage and uh, do a mitzvah. Um, the, the, Lubavitch, the, the Chabad, they usually like to present a positive message. What is the message that when, when people are calling you, and the reason why Charlie uh, sought you out for this show is, what is the message we're supposed to take away from this? Um, that's, a, that's a very, very, that's a great question. Very important one, actually. Like you said, actually, um, Chabad does always, you know, uh, puts out a positive message. And um, especially at this time, it's, it's so important to have that. On the one hand, it's heartbreaking, right? It touched us all to, to a core. You know, I don't think uh, I've been here for some time. And uh, I've never seen Jews as, you know, so, uh, you know, touched and, and, and really... Uh, uh, I don't want to call it broken, but but really touch the core, and 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 everyone's feeling it, and everyone is uh, is heartbroken. Um, but at the same time, in situations, uh, you know, you had like you, this past Yom Kippur, we we actually spoke on Yom Kippur about that. It's uh, 50 years since the Yom Kippur War. This year was actually 50 years, um, and Lubavitcher Rebbe who. Um, who was the, was the leader of the of the Chabad worldwide? Passed away in 1994. But we go back to his teachings and his guidance from past events of this of this nature. Um, even though this was probably the worst, um, but the, the Yom Kippur War, for example, um, the Rebbe insisted that although it's heartbreaking, we have to remember that goodness and and light uh, always prevails, and it's stronger than any any force of darkness. Ardina and, and Charles, I don't know if you're aware of this. I don't know how much you know about Hasidic history, but one of the early founders of Hasidic Judaism is one that, that the Lubavitch claim uh, was related to the Rebbe, was a rabbi named Nachman of Breslov. He was he's not related to Jerry Nachman, I don't think, Ardina, but he theoretically might be. And he was someone who espoused positive messaging no matter what. And he died of tuberculosis in the Ukraine in 19, in, um, when he was 38 years old mm -hmm. in the early 19th century. And so the, the Rebbe's message of positivity, even during negative times, derived from the Breslover, correct? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it was inspired also by the, by the Breslover. But I mean, the Rebbe himself, you know, it's not out of naive, naivete, you know. No. You know, if you see the correspondence of the Rebbe, the Rebbe himself was a Holocaust survivor. You know, he lost family members in the Holocaust. So he was very well aware. And, and the Rebbe, you know, the Rebbe was someone that uh, deeply cared for every single person, Jew and non-Jew alike, really. You know, his whole life was driven to, to, to spread goodness and love. And, and every person that uh, he called an Olam Malé in Hebrew, every person is, is a whole world. And when there's a loss of this nature, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. But at the same time, the Rebbe staunchly believed in that goodness and, 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 and it is going to prevail and will and it's stronger. But I think the message is, and we're going straight to the message, but I think this is, this is the most important thing. The message is that we're all in this together and uh, we can't take a back, back seat. We're all, uh, we all have to contribute to light, to light overcoming the darkness. We all have to be uh, not spectators, but uh, active participants in, 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 in making that happen. Ardina. But how, how, Rebbe, how, how do you overcome this? Um, it sounds very, it sounds, it, 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 it sounds very general. 
So how do you overcome anti-Semitism? How do you overcome this specter of hate that has generated this whole, this whole, this whole event? Because there are still people, as you are aware, unfortunately, in Westchester, in New York City, who are writing anti-Semitic slogans, graffiti, blame the Jews, the whole nine yards. So in light of all of what's transpired in, the, in, in this last week, concretely, how do you go about generating goodwill? Because right now the country is feeling very conflicted. Uh, yeah, so that's that's part of um, unfortunately that's um, that's part of the darkness. It's part of you know the heartbreak also because um, the, the good news was that you know you had a lot of support. You know, President Biden got up there unequivocally, and I think what he said is so important. You have to in order to in order to overcome it, we have to have moral moral clarity. We can't whitewash terror. We have to be aware that there are people that that that, that uh, seek to, 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 to cause, to sow terror, to sow terror in millions. That's, that's their goal in life. And we have to have the moral clarity to be aware of that. And, uh, and the, good, the, the good news is, I think that, you know, we're here, the Jewish people are here, right? We've been here for 4,000 years. This is not the first time we've encountered this. And uh, so we see, we, we're living, we're living, we're not living 4,000 years ago, we're living 4,000 years later. So we, we're, we're living, everyone that's here today is living testimony to the fact that that light prevails. We're here. So you're right. Um, I think that moral clarity is so, is so important in, in, in today. And um, if, you know, some of it may be ignorance. Some of it may be, uh, like you said, anti-Semitism. And I think we have to have, a, you know, people that are aware of that have to be unapologetic and unequivocal. Um, and I've heard a lot of it. I've heard a lot of it in, in, in Charlie here in Pelham. Um, I think uh, the mayor put out a very... A very important statement, um, and I, I thanked him for it. Um, and he, you know, and I'm sure that in politics we don't agree with everything, but when it comes to something like this, this is not a this is not a conflict between two people. This is a conf- this is a war between good and evil. That's exactly what it is. Um, but there's two, there's two. Just to add, just to just to, to follow up on your question, there's two things that I that that I think are important. One is the moral clarity, and that is something that we can all participate in. Um, and the other thing is just every mitzvah, from a Jewish perspective, a spiritual perspective, every good deed we do has power. If I may, Rabbi, you, you, you may have or, or do have members that are part of Jewish settlements in the West Bank. And, and as, you, as you are aware, there are sentiments on the part of Palestinian population that there has been an encroachment on their land. So, how do you, I think what I'm trying to say is, how is that justified on the part of people of your constituents if they are indeed so-called moving into Palestinian territory, into the West Bank? If it is indeed Palestinian territory, that's it. Okay, I mean, everyone is going to have a different opinion. I can give you the Jewish perspective on that, um, which I'm 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 very clear about. But I don't. But, but that's that's really a different discussion, to be honest. I feel it's a very different discussion. Um, Hamas is a terrorist group. Their goal and their objective, and we've seen it, and it's become crystallized. I think for everyone, their job is just to kill Jews. That's what they want to do, and. Um, 
They don't. They don't. Uh, but Ardenas, but what Ardenas said is a legitimate question. So this I'm is not. A t- I'm, I'm, yeah. It's a very. I'm, I, it's, yeah. it's a good question. But the question is, I don't. I don't like it being tied into. Tied into uh, Hamas because I don't think it is at all. I mean, if it mm-hmm. is tied in, then, th- then I, I feel like we're putting all innocent people on the side of evil, which is not. Uh, which, which is. But that may be what's right. what's going on there. I mean. There, there's been there's been there's been wrong done on both sides of this, and when you and when and when the Netanyahu government decided that they were going to start populating areas that, since the foundation of the state of Israel, um, they were leaving for the Arab population, and then they started moving into the West Bank, and they started getting closer to Gaza. It expanded a problem that didn't exist. Those those border areas had been put aside for the Arab communities, and it's been encroached. The borders have changed. The so, have so, changed. so so yes. let's leave it at this. There's there's a there's a territorial issue. There's a political issue. Uh, there's a a, um, a uh, statehood issue. There's multiple layers. Um, this is not meet the press, right? And the rabbi no. is not the secretary of state. We don't expect you to have, but you uh, could be resolution to to all of these uh, questions. Um, but I guess the question I would have is, well, first of all, let me just kind of localize this again a little bit, if I can. How large is Chabad in Westchester? If you were to combine the ten. Um, units is it a thousand people, five thousand people? Do we know how many people? That's a that's a it's a hard question because of what um, Peter mentioned before. Because we kind of we, we're not membership based, so we we, mm-hmm. we we try to serve everyone in every way. So, um, for example, you know we have different holiday events, and you can have a certain number of people that attend them. And yep. then, you know, a regular Shabbat might only have a few people. So it's not really membership based. Um, Understood. Understood. And I should mention, Chabad, certainly Chabad Pelham, which I'm familiar with, very community oriented. There's a lot of public events every year. Well, you, you, I, I, I'm sure you're aware, as I assume you're aware. Um, while there is an organiza- an umbrella organization, each Chabad is self-supportive. So the, one of the reasons why they're community based is... In order for them to exist in the community, they need help yeah. with funding in every community where they're based, because the youth organization or, or, or the or, or the Chabad organization um, doesn't have unlimited resources. All these five thousand um, placements are self-sustaining, and that plays a role, does it not? Um, Peter, you know a lot. <laughs> Peter knows yeah, stuff. You're right. You are right. You're correct that uh, we're all um, we're all united in 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 trying to 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 serve the community. But uh, the funding, right, is is, is local. We have to. Uh, it's. Uh, I guess it's it. It makes it a challenge, but it's also a, it's also a good thing because you got to. I once heard right. The more good you do, the more you. Uh, the more help, more assistance you'll get. So. Got to keep on, uh, yeah. But it, it can be a challenge, right? It, the, the funding is is 
we have to work on that ourselves. Yeah, I do find it interesting though that in in some parts it, where we in the area that we live in, that were traditionally closed off to Jews and blacks, you got Bronxville. There's no Chabad in Bronxville. There's a Chabad in Pelham. There were codicils and contract in Pel in po contracts in Pelham Manor, where you could not sell to Jews. There's a Chabad either in Darien and New Canaan. Mm -hmm. They they put up they have a menorah in one of those two communities for for Hanukkah to places where they made movies about the anti-Semitism in these areas. Like Gentleman's Agreement with Gregory Peck was about I think Darien, and and yet there are Chabads in those neighborhoods. How do you choose a place like Pelham? I have the same question. Um, <laughs> No, but that's the good news. Like that's the good news. You know, speaking about anti-Semitism, you know, like, I, I, there's, a, there's a lady actually that lives around the corner not far, and she was telling me, you know, as a kid, she um, she took uh, maybe the wrong train to Bronxville, and she was told to head right back. She, she said, "You don't belong here. You're Jewish." Um, so we've come a long way. You know, it's people are. Uh, you know, I've been welcomed here. People are very kind, and uh, um, so there's a lot of good news as well. Yeah. Do you see yourself, Rabbi, does Chabad see itself as part of the entire community or just the Jewish community overall? I mean, is there, a, do you do mitzvot in uh, African-American communities, Latin American communities, or is it strictly for Jewish communities? Um, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, if you if you would if you would ask that question, typically, you know, on a regular basis, we're probably more involved in the Jewish community. But um, actually, going back to the Rebbe, the Rebbe, you know, uh, our philosophy really is that every single individual plays a central role <coughs> in God's world and Hashem's world. Um, and the Rebbe encouraged encouraged us to teach um, their search for for the entire world, not just. Um, you don't have to be Jewish to observe that. Nobody, we're not trying to uh, encourage people to become Jewish, but there are mitzvot of, of justice and, and humanity, which um, are really important for every single uh, human being. And um, yeah, the Rebbe wanted us to, to, to spread that message. Jews and non-Jews alike should spread that message. And I, I, I would say that if, 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 if we're living in a world that everyone was observing those Noahide laws, it's actually this week's Torah portion, right? Noahide, Noah, Noah and, and the Ark. Noahide laws, then we would be living in a very peaceful, very peaceful and just world. Um, well, is this not what uh, what Hillel said? To recite the meaning of Torah for as long as you can stand on one leg, and what was the answer? Uh, do unto others that you would have them do unto you. I think that's the basic uh, basic philosophy, am I right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, yes, there's seven, actually seven Noahide laws. Um, the interesting thing about the Noahide laws is one of the ideas, I mean, it's probably for another discussion, but one of the ideas is that, is, is belief in God. In other words, in order to ensure our morals and values, in order to ensure our morals and values and, and not to justify certain behaviors, because unfortunately in history we've seen that most terrible behaviors have been justified. And the only way to ensure they're not justified, that, you know, terrible behaviors are not justified if, is if our foundation is that God says, for example, murder is not okay. Under any circumstances, murder is not okay. So, um, but that's probably for another time to talk about. But that's one of the ideas of the Noahide laws is in addition to being, you know, laws of justice and, and, and goodness to each other is also that it's based on the, the understanding that God, God said that certain things are okay and certain things are not okay. 
what what are the biggest misconceptions that people have about Jews? Because there's a lot of anti-Semitism out there. What what is the what is the biggest misconception in, in your opinion? <laughs> what would you say? Hmm. The biggest misconception. What would you yeah. say? <laughs> um I mean it would take another show. Yeah, I think there's a lot of them. I mean, I, I think this, yeah. there, are, there are stereotypes, there are misconceptions, uh, there are misplaced feelings. Uh, but but uh, our dean is on to something. Something is wrong yeah. because there's uh, a tremendous hate problem. We see it in the United States and it's yeah. local and it's national and it cuts across the board. It's not, And it's certainly not new. But, you know, if I'm to believe the statistics that we hear... Uh, there's an uptick in these kinds of uh, hateful incidents against Jews, uh, notably the thing that happened in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, and there's been others. Poway, California. Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, and, I believe the statistics that are was a Chabad. Yeah, I believe the statistics are that the anti-Semitic incidents are the are the, the largest. Uh, right. I believe, it, yeah. It's north of 50. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like 55% of all the hate incidents yeah. are against right. Jews. That's but there's, the a good, there's, there's, there's an easy way to explain it, Charlie. Yeah. You always blame an outsider or a perceived outsider for every societal issue. I mean, there's, there's, there's a line, uh, there's, a, there's a philosophy that if you don't have Jews, you have to invent them. That's That's not a new concept, so... These countries that want to get rid of the Jews. I mean, there's infighting in in many of these Muslim Arab countries. They don't get along with one another. Shiites and the and the Sunnis, you know. So they have to invent enemies for the predominant group or or the group that wants to be in charge. You have to blame the boogeyman, and it's easy to blame the Jews. We are small in number. We we lead somewhat public lives in many ways because we have. Some pretty bright people from our group. Uh, we're aspirational in our communities. We want to be a part of those communities. And when we're publicly doing that, it's very easy to go after us because we are small in number. Mighty in spirit, small in number. That's how I weigh it. There are some big complicated issues looming here. There are geopolitical issues. There are religious issues. There are territorial issues. Um, and they're issues that have roiled on not only for 50 years, but even way, way further back than that. Um, so this moral clarity that you talk about is so important. Um, and that's why I appreciate you coming on the show today to talk about it a little. Um, I want to close off with this sort of capstone question. There's a journalist named Martha Raddatz. I'm sure, Ardina, you're familiar with Martha Raddatz from ABC. By the way, Rabbi Ardina was a... Uh, camera electronic news gatherer at WABC television for many, many years. The first African-American camera woman wow. at a network in the history of the United States. So this journalist, Martha Raddus, was on television uh, this, this weekend, and she said that she's been covering stories in Israel for over 30 years, and they showed old clips and so on. This moment, peace was not possible. It was kind of sad to hear a journalist speak like that, but that this is what she says she sees. I'm curious what you think. Is peace possible? 
So, uh, you know, we believe in God, right? So anything's possible. <laughs> and uh, Israel has experienced miracles throughout its, uh, throughout its years. And, um, but I do want to note that, you know, the Rebbe, going back to the Rebbe, often, you know, he spoke throughout the years, with, sometimes with a lot of pain. And he expressed that if Israel is strong, if Israel does what it needs to do, this is not, won't only be good for Israel. It'll be good for, um, for all the citizens in the area. Um, and unfortunately, I think we've seen, um, you know, unfortunately, so many innocent people have died in the last number of years. Um, and a lot of that, unfortunately, sort of the Rebbe kind of said, you know, if we don't, if we, if, if we, if we whitewash, if we're not aware what we're against, we're up against, if we're not aware of the threat, then it leads not only to, to, to Israel being in danger, but really to all citizens in the area being in danger. So I think we have to have, it's so important to have that moral clarity and, and being aware of what we're up against. I think in a certain way, maybe this became crystallized, you know, because you know, you, you, for us, for us people here, it's hard to wrap our minds around. We're good people, we're compassionate people. How is it possible that anyone would want anything but that, but to live in peace and prosperity, right? right. So it's kind of hard for, hard for us to wrap our minds around, but... If, 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 if that's the reality, we, 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 we can't whitewash it and we have to be aware of it. And I think the stronger good people are, um, that'll limit, uh, you know, that, that, that will help all people, all people live in, in, in peace and prosperity uh, as quickly as possible. Well, Rabbi Levy Groner, I want to thank you again for being our guest on 914 Wired and for bringing us your perspective. On behalf of my co-hosts, Ardina Seward and Peter Moses, thank you again. And I hope you'll come back and be our guest another time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank, thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Ardina. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Peter. <laughs>